This is a very strange market in which to buy a new motorcycle. Hell, it's a strange market in which to buy anything brand new. We have watched the inflation pump up the price, the retail pricing of just about every kind of a vehicle out there. I mean, I don't care if you're looking at a damn Schwinn. It's more expensive now than it was three years ago for very little logical reason. If you think that the price of the motorcycle you were thinking about three years ago, if you think that that price has gone up 15, 20, 30%, you're not wrong. Now, unless your earnings have gone up 10, 15, 20, 30% with it, well, that kind of screams that it's not the best time to buy that bike. Well, in today's market, right now, the supply is not anywhere near where the demand is, not yet. But I just went to a very, you know, heavy hitter dealer meeting, the AIM Expo out in Vegas, and I listened carefully to what all of these market prognosticators had to say. The one thing that was hiding under every single talk, every discussion, every training session was this is the time for you to focus on customer service. We've had the past two years where the fish were jumping in the boat and now it's the time to really shine and make deals kind of the old fashioned way, earn those sales. And nobody talked about uh, the obvious dirty word is dropping your price. So nobody mentioned that. Everyone said, no, the prices are gonna stay up. Nobody's gonna have to do any discounting yet, but you are gonna have to work a little harder to make those sales. And that was the thrust behind every single speaker. Now, keep in mind, a lot of these speakers were there kind of uh, to self-assure the industry that we're not standing at the edge of a very large chasm. I think we might be standing at the edge of a very long chasm. I think that we have been in this false narrative where we haven't been able to the bikes we need. We just haven't been able to get them. And the freight has been out of control. There has been a freight surcharge on everything that's come into the shop over the course of the past three years. Now, I don't think that freight surcharge has been necessarily warranted. And if it was warranted for a while, it's come down. Why do I say that? Well, some of the stuff that I order comes in from China first, then it goes to a distributor in Taiwan or Japan or Germany, and then it comes into America. That's the way it goes. And in those items, I've seen everybody across the board is charging more. Now, are they charging more because they have to, or are they charging more because they can? They can get away with it. And we've seen items that would take, prior to pandemic, uh, would have taken eight days to arrive. And now those very same items, those very same orders are three, four, six weeks to arrive. Okay, everybody's very quick to blame that on pandemic, pandemic. That's the world we live in now. But there's a strange catch. There's a couple of companies I ordered things from in Germany. The price of freight has gone up, but it hasn't gone up as much from these companies in Germany. <clears throat> the shipping time has gone up, but it's gone up one or two days. And where every company I'm dealing with, even companies where I know the warehouse for the item I'm ordering is in the United States, those companies are now taking three, four, five weeks to get me the items I'm ordering, 
the company in Germany, the companies in Germany are getting me this stuff in eight or nine or 10 days. Well, if it's affecting the American shipper, why isn't it affecting the German shipper? How is it that I can get a pack, I can get a part faster from Germany than I can get the exact same part from a US distributor? That tells me there's something not right. If it was the same with all the distributors, yeah, I could lean into it and be, yeah, that's just the way it's gonna be. We're gonna have to adjust. But when I can place an order and it gets here quick from a German supplier, that tells me that maybe the problem isn't worldwide. Maybe it's not global. Maybe it's just the conditions that have been allowed to exist in this mindset of, well, that's just the way we do things now. There's a pandemic, haven't you heard, kind of thing. So that's hitting everybody. My friends who are local Honda dealers, I'm gonna use them as an example because they're kind of the juggernaut that we've all grown up kind of understanding. Well, I'm gonna order the bike or I'm gonna buy the bike from my Honda dealer. It's just gonna be easy, convenient, reliable, and easy to maintain. They're telling their customers, give me more your money now or give me a deposit, sizable deposit now. I'm gonna place your order. Your bike will be here in four, five, six months. That is unheard of. And that's not the worst I've heard. I've heard some customers talking about eight months. Okay, I've also heard about Honda dealers, and I'm not just throwing Honda under the bus, I'm using them as an example. Getting away with charging 500 or $1,000 or more over the MSRP, and I'm not talking about just the normal destination charge, and I don't like to use the term destination charge. Let's use assembly, what some people call BDI, which is marketed around 250 bucks. The freight itself, which can be up to $600 depending on the bike. Harley-Davidson charges $1,200 for freight. Little tip between me and you, it doesn't cost them $1,200 to make that bike leave the assembly facility in Wisconsin uh, and end up in your dealer in Columbus, Ohio, right? It's not a $1,200 experience, but that's what you're gonna pay for it. I'm talking about on top of that. I'm talking about on top of the freight. I'm talking about on top of the prep. I'm talking about these things that are called destination charges. And these destination charges are gonna be outside of what the state might charge you for a title. Those are outside of your taxes. And when I have people holding up invoices in front of me that show plus 600, plus 1,000, plus 1,200 of just market adjustments, that's all they are. And you've heard about it at your Ford dealership. You've heard about $5,000 added to the price of an F-150. You've heard about $20,000 added to the price of a Ford Lightning. It's not something you're not aware of. Is it still happening? Yes. And is it still happening because there's no bikes available? Oh, pump the brakes. That's where we gotta come at you and say, dealers are getting bikes. I'm getting bikes. In fact, I'm getting bikes to a fault. I'm getting bikes I didn't order. And the people who are sending me those bikes are saying, well, don't you remember last May when you ordered 40 bikes and we only sent you four? Well, we owe you 36. And that's what's coming in now. Yes, I'm getting a pizza now that I ordered in May of last year. What the hell? Yeah, that's right. Nine, 10 months later, that's showing up. Now, 
did it, it are they really fulfilling my order from last Nime? No, but they are arriving in their warehouses. Containers upon containers of freight is showing up right now. The back orders are being filled. Production is happening. And their warehouses are stretched to the gills already. They're stuffed. They've got to get rid of bikes. So they're moving them out to dealers. And the dealer, unfortunately, may not be getting the bike that they want. In fact, I'm not going to say may. We've gotten a load of bikes in that we didn't, just plainly didn't order. And they're not the kind of things we would order. They're bikes that are less than desirable, bikes we're going to have a hard time selling, but they clearly need to be moved out of the warehouse at the distributor. And that's happening across the country with many different dealers, many different brands. They're getting stuff, but it may not be the stuff that they want. Now, does that mean it's a good time to buy because that dealer's gonna give you a discount on that bike? The answer is hell no. Because that dealer is still in a position, when you ask that dealer who's put $1,200 on top of the MSRP, on top of freight, on top of prep, hey, you dickhead, you're putting 1200 bucks on that bike. He says, yes, because my budget for the year is based on me selling 500 bikes at my normal margin. Now, if they can't get me 500 bucks to sell, if I can only sell 200 bikes, then that extra money has to come from somewhere. So I need to sell 200 bikes at this massively inflated margin to compensate for the 300 I'm not selling. That's how they do it. So I can stay in business and not go out of business. Somebody's gotta make the income come into my store. And if you want that bike and you want that bike now, you're going to pay for it. Forget the discount. I see your showroom is full of bikes. I want that discount. I want some kind of a discount. Nope. Are you still paying retail? You betcha. Are you still paying the, the punishment? Are you still paying the extra five or $1,200? Yes, you are. Because that dealer still hasn't caught up to where he has lost over the past two to three years. Yeah, if he's used to selling 500 bikes and he only sold 200 or 300, that's a 200 deficit he's gotta make up. Well, he's not magically gonna sell 700 bikes this year. That's not going to happen. So he's gotta make more money on the bikes he's going to sell, and that's gonna take a very long time to cost average. So that's why you cannot celebrate and go running out and say, oh, dealer man's got an extra, look at that showroom, it's packed. I'm gonna go in there and drive a hard deal. Well, you're gonna get nowhere because it still comes down to, you can either pay full boat or you can just good luck go find it somewhere else. And I don't think you're gonna find the dealers discounting yet. I don't think you can say, well, the dealer in my town is asking full boat plus the freight plus the prep. I'm gonna call the dealer that's an hour away and he'll sell it to me at a great discount. Nope, I don't think that's gonna happen. I can tell you from making the calls we've made around here, the phone calls we're getting around here, people are still very happy if they can get away with buying it at the MSRP plus the freight plus the assembly. So it's a bad time to put on your negotiating helmet and think that you're gonna get a deal. Probably not. Okay, now if it's a bike you've been waiting for for a couple of years and you really like that bike, is this the time to just nut up and buy it? Because at least you'll be able to ride it and enjoy it? Might be. If they show up and they're the color you like and the features you like and the options you like, yeah, sure, this is a time to buy it. But will that bike be discounted 18 months from now? And my answer is, I think so. 
I think the market is gonna self-correct over the course of the next year and a half. I don't think it's gonna be magic. I don't think it's gonna happen right quick in a hurry. I think dealers are gonna get a lot of inventory that they weren't expecting. And I can tell that based on the orders that my manufacturers are asking for. They're more brave. They, last year and the year before that, they were kind of looking down at their toes going, yeah, well, I'm not gonna ask you for a 50 bike order because I know I can't even give you 10, right? Well, now they're asking for those 50 bike orders per month or that you know massive two or 300 bike order. So the bravery has come back and you don't get that bravery unless you know you got product coming down the pipeline. It hasn't gotten to be luxurious type where you can pick and choose and say, okay, I want three of these in blue and two of those in white. Nope, you're not doing that yet. You're kind of getting weird shit you didn't ask for. But that's the nature of the beast right now. Is it gonna soften? Yes, I think it is. Have we had stagnant development over the past two years? Yeah, we sort of have. Uh, when you've got a lot of people that aren't going to work because of COVID, when you've got a lot of money that's not being spent on development and marketing because of COVID and research because of COVID, people are staying at home. Well, if they're staying at home, they're not test riding bikes. Uh, if they're staying at home, they're not at the factory building new innovative stuff. So a lot of the things that are on the market right now are just a warmed over version of the 2020 model. And that's another reason why I think that you're gonna see a backlog of bikes being produced at that 2020-2021 standard. The model, the VIN may say that the bike is a 2023, but the numbers of the bike and the stats of the bike and the features of the bike are gonna be very much like the bike from 2021. It's gonna be 24, 25 before we see the real changes. We're gonna see the real stuff that is actually different. Well, when that happens, those 23s, those 22s are gonna be stale as hell. They're gonna be backlogged bikes. They're going to be truly the same spec that the 21 was. And that's when it's gonna be the time to buy because that bike will be sitting on the floor. Nobody's gonna to wanna to buy it when the new hotness of the 24 or the new features of the 24 or 25 are starting to show up in dealer showrooms. That will be when you can get a deal. Used bikes are still crazy overvalued. It is insane what people think their used bikes are worth, column one, and in column two, it is insane what people are paying for used bikes at auction. So at auction, we are seeing bikes go at auction for much higher than retail. Now, does that mean that this is a great opportunity for dealers to take that inventory they've taken it on trade and take it to the auction and sell it at the auction? No, because the dealers at the auction have an inherent set of rules that they think each of these bikes is worth. So they're not really gonna pay. There will be that one ringer guy, that one buyer who's like, look, I'm gonna pay too much for this bike because when I get it back to my shop, there's so much demand for used bikes. You should see what I'm about to do to the price of this bike. Yes, I've seen it happen. The brave guys at the auctions, the brave dealers at the auctions are buying 20 or 30 bikes taking them back to their shop where I'm seeing them take that bike that they paid too much money for and throw an additional 30% on top of it. And somehow magically they're getting it because people are willing to buy a six or seven year old 
SV650 or VStrom because there isn't a new one that they can buy. So they're paying over retail pricing for a five, six or seven year old machine because the new one isn't available. And most dealers are in that old mindset of I know what that thing's worth according to my mind from two years ago, so I'm not gonna pay that big money for it. And that's meant that certain dealers have a shit ton of used bikes available, but they are gonna be expensive. Now, that hasn't necessarily filtered its way through to the Facebook sellers, the Craigslist sellers, the eBay sellers. That hasn't filtered its way to that. And we are seeing a new low bar, a truly awful standard and that is the Facebook seller. The Facebook seller is only, there's only one person who's worse than the Facebook seller, and that's the Facebook shopper. I have seen absolute horrible listings. Contact them, they don't contact back. Uh, <clears throat> if you do list something, you'll get 25 responses a day. Is this still available? And you'll respond to each and every one of them saying it is, and then the people will ghost you. You'll never hear anything from over ever again, or you'll have your bike listed at $4,000. The ones you do hear back from will say, I'm offering you 2,000. Well, you're not even playing. That's not even how the game works. You can't just offer me two grand with no justification whatsoever. Don't just think you can cut me in half and buy the bike. You're wasting both of our times. That's a real thing. That's what's happening in the market. The bar is so low with Facebook Marketplace. It is, an, it is a horrible environment to buy and sell. I don't think I've ever seen it as bad on Craigslist or eBay. If you want to have an actual controlled buying experience or you want to have a controlled selling experience, I'm going to say list the vehicle on a site that has some vetting to it like eBay. Uh, listed, I mean, yes, if Craigslist is charging you five bucks to make a listing, that's vetting and that's keeping the riffraff out. It's keeping the scammers out to a degree. And you're going to have a better experience if you do it that way, I assure you. And I know it doesn't seem like it makes sense. How could Facebook Marketplace be that bad? Well, try it and get back to me. Let me know how your experience went because it's not usually going too well. That's the market, the way I'm seeing it right now. I would say that if you have a motorcycle and you can keep it running and you can enjoy it, put a couple of bucks into it and enjoy it for another two years, that's the move to make right now. Keep the bike on the road, make make yourself happy, love it, and I'll bet you in two I'll bet you in two years your money goes a hell of a lot further. It may be the smartest thing you can do because I can assure you that if you buy a used bike right now, unless you get a sweetheart bro deal you are probably paying too much. If you buy a new bike, if you buy a used bike, you are paying right now the highest I've ever seen it. Now, I'm not saying it's not gonna go higher in a year. What I'm saying is right now today, end of the first quarter, 2023, I have not seen it higher. And I really feel like the bottom's gonna drop out because the market, the supply and demand system that keeps things working the way they do. Well, the demand, I think it's trickling off. I think it's tapering off, but because again, we haven't gotten stimulus checks in a long time. So people don't have that extra money burning a hole in their pocket. 
Yes, there's a lot of people that are working. There are very few people that are under underemployed or unemployed. But I also think that with inflation going up so much, people don't have the extra money to spend on frivolous things like motorcycles. So I don't think we're going to be as strong in the selling market as we were in the past two years. I really feel like what we're at right now, we're going to see the numbers drop dramatically on the sales side. So. It's going to take a little while before that translates to really good discounted pricing on the buying side. So right now, if you got a bike, you like it, hang on to it, put a little money into it, keep it and enjoy it for a little while longer. Uh, even though I know it might be tempting, like, oh, I could get more money for this V-Strom this year than I've ever known that I could get for that. I sold my Tundra for 10 grand and it was worth four grand, right? Uh, that was the perfect time to sell the Tundra. It really, really was, but it was not the perfect time to go out and buy another brand new truck. So it's half, it's a halfway equation. If you can sell it and not have to replace it, this is the time to do that. It's if, if you want to thin your herd, this is a great time to thin your herd. This get out there and sell all the bikes. You don't, you don't care about so much anymore. The bikes you're not riding. This is a good time to liquidate those. You're going to make some bank on that, then nut that money away. And then, you know, keep your eyes open for something you really super duper want to buy in a couple of years. That's it. Quick chat with your Uncle Phil, just a little bit about the industry. I might pop these down the pike every once in a while if this one works out well. All right, guys, please remember to ride fast and take chances.